If you're still deciding on your spring break getaway, Amtrak's got just the ticket. You can visit cities from D.C. and Philly to New York and Boston, all while enjoying more sustainable travel. Amtrak produces up to 83% less carbon emissions than traveling by car or plane. And did we mention the extra legroom and comfy seats? Book early and save at Amtrak.com. Click or tap the banner. Emissions comparisons vary depending on route and locomotive type. Restrictions may apply. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Stop punishing yourself with bland, chalky protein shakes and fuel your fitness with the best protein in the game at GNC. We've got the hottest brands and flavors that legit taste like cookies, your favorite cereal, indulgent desserts, and more. It's on at GNC. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. And welcome in, everybody, to another edition of the Future Blue Podcast as part of the Block M Podcast Network, an affiliate of Fans First Sports Network. My name is Vaughn Lozon, and I am riding solo today on the podcast. Uh, had a little bit of a scheduling conflict with Tyler, but that's not a problem. We will get him back on the podcast in the very near future, so no worries there. Uh, but I am your uh, bus driver today, so to speak, to guide you through uh, the wondrous world of Michigan football recruiting as it's been a little bit of good news, a little bit of bad news over the last week or so. Uh, kind of like how it was last week, honestly. You had a mix of good, mix of bad. So uh, we're just going <clears> to <throat> kick things off. And uh, kind of what we're going to talk about today is we're going to start in the 25 class where Michigan picked up a commitment, and then we're going to backtrack to the 2024 class and talk about cornerback recruiting specifically because it's been kind of a struggle uh, over the last uh, over this cycle for sure. But even last cycle, it took them uh, a little bit of time to get some guys on board like Cam Calhoun at the very end of uh, the uh, recruiting cycle there. I got him to commit. Very late, had him signed up, all ready to go, all that good stuff. But uh, yeah, it's it's been a, a little bit of a problem uh, continuing into this 24 class. And uh, we'll see if uh, they're able to get some good news here in the near future. But like I said, we're going to start with the good news. And that is in the 2025 class where Michigan picked up a commitment on Tuesday from in-state four-star defensive lineman Bobby Kanka. He is the first defensive lineman to commit to uh, the Wolverines 2025 class. He is from Howell, Michigan, uh, over in Livingston County, listed at six foot four, 255 pounds. Michigan was one of the very first programs to offer him a scholarship. They did so back in February of 2022. So they've been recruiting him for a year and a half plus. 
at this point. He also uh, garnered offers from uh, Michigan State, Penn State, Tennessee, Minnesota, Louisville, Syracuse, and definitely plenty of others in there as well. Uh, Since he was offered by Michigan, he has been a frequent visitor to Ann Arbor. He visited most recently this past weekend, actually, for the barbecue at the Big House, but uh, also made uh, a, a pair of visits for not only a camp uh, in Ann Arbor that uh, they held in June, uh, where he also took home defensive line MVP honors during that camp, but he also took in a spring practice in March, and he also visited twice, at least publicly, last season for the Michigan State and Penn State games. So he has been on campus probably more than any other recruit in the 2025 class. But if if there is another recruit that's been on campus more, you're going to have to point me in the direction of that because I'm not quite sure who that would be. So as far as recruiting rankings go, Bobby Kanka is ranked uh, number four in the state of Michigan in the 2025 class, number 32 along the defensive line, and number 313 overall nationally on 24-7 Sports' composite rankings. So this is a really nice job by Mike Elston. Ron Bellamy pitched in as the secondary recruiter uh, as he kind of has a hold on the state of Michigan uh, on the recruiting trail. So really solid pickup here for the Wolverines early on in this 2025 class. Uh, He joins a couple other defensive prospects in Michigan's 25 class with uh, Chris Ewald uh, currently being the crown jewel the uh, four-star top 100 overall player at the cornerback position from the state of Florida. And then uh, Mantrez Walker, the four-star linebacker from Buford, Georgia, which uh, there was a bit of a, 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 I wouldn't say mishap, but a little bit of a uh, a snafu, so to speak. Well, however you want to bring it up as with Mantrez Walker on Twitter earlier on Tuesday, And that was him saying that uh, his process was 100% open. And, uh, you know, he, you know, he's, he's, while he's committed to Michigan, he's 100% open uh, to other schools, other opportunities. But he didn't really say that he was still committed to Michigan. He just said his recruitment is 100% open. So that led to some uh, questions being thrown around on the message boards and on Twitter as far as if he is locked in to Michigan's 2025 class, if he still uh, considers himself a commit. Well, he later posted on Tuesday to kind of correct what he had said. And uh, he had said uh, that he still is committed to the Michigan Wolverines, albeit he still is open to other schools, as I'm sure a whole lot of other kids in the 25 class are who are committed uh, to programs of their choice. But the thing is, I I don't have any intel on this guys. I'm, this is just purely being uh, just look reading between the lines here. August 1st on Tuesday was the very first day that coaches could publicly or could uh, individually reach out to recruits in the junior class, which now is the 25 class is the, is the junior class. So they were able to reach out most of the time, uh, you know, in past years, this has fallen on September 1st, but they moved that date up this year and probably years to come. 
I assume because the calendar kind of gets a little wonky when September 1st rolls around, they're really just dead set on um, the upcoming season. So the fact that Mantras Walker tweeted this out, I believe it was the night before August 1st, so July 31st, um, that to me kind of showed that he wanted other programs to reach out to him on August 1st and and continue the conversation with some of these other schools that not only that he has visited this offseason, uh, but he uh, that he's also just interested in in general. So he picked up a couple other offers uh, on August 1st. One of them was UNLV. Uh, it looks like Illinois had offered as well. Boston College also offered him. And uh, Purdue offered him on July 27th. So uh, a few other programs getting into the mix here for Mantras Walker. So uh, just to clear the air on that, uh, you know, quote unquote controversy, not really a controversy, but just a bit of a uh, a mix up on social media. You know how things go nowadays on Twitter or X or whatever this thing is called now. Um, it, it just happens that way sometimes. So. Um, so it's good that Mantras Walker is still locked into the class. Now you get Bobby Kanka on board. You've already had Chris Ewald in the mix since this past December. So Michigan, their 25 class is now ranked number six overall on 24 sevens. Uh, well, their personal rankings, but also on the composite, they are behind Penn state at number five, Oklahoma at number four, Oregon at number three. And, uh, the two powerhouse schools, Rounding out the top two are Alabama at number two and, of course, Georgia at number one. Georgia's got six commits already in 25. That's crazy. Alabama has five. Oregon, Oklahoma has four. And uh, Penn State, they have three commits as well as the Wolverines. So very early on, guys, with this 2025 class, but it's shaping up to be pretty decent so far with three really solid uh, defensive commits in this class. Of course, there's going to be plenty more uh, commits where that came from in this recruiting cycle. But, uh, you know, we got to get through the 2024 class first before we really dive too deep into the 2025 class. So we will certainly talk a whole heck of a lot more about this. Um, you know, once everything is signed, sealed, delivered, as far as the national letters of intent go for the 24 class. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll definitely pick up steam on discussing the 25 class sometime in December, definitely in February after the traditional national signing day. Uh, for the 24 class. So yeah, that's kind of your broad view so far of Michigan's 25 class. As far as their commits go really solid looking group of guys. So far, you've got two kids from down South and a kid from uh, in state here from, from the state of Michigan. So um, he probably won't be the last one. They're going after a ton of guys in the state of Michigan in 25, but we will talk about all of this at another time. Uh, when it's more appropriate to do so. But let's shift back to the 2024 class because there have been a couple developments, to say the least, when it comes to the 24 class, specifically at the cornerback position. And over the weekend, Aaron Scott, the top target at the cornerback spot in the 24 class, four-star guy, kid from Ohio, really highly regarded prospect. He ended up committing to the Ohio State Buckeyes. 
Uh, he committed to them over Michigan and Oregon, who are his other top schools. Really, this was, uh, you know, the last couple kids from Ohio that uh, Michigan's been in on, uh, you know, with him and Bryce West, they both chose to go to Ohio State. It's definitely not all doom and gloom. Michigan's got several kids uh, from Ohio and a couple of them that Ohio State was legitimately recruiting and four-star running back Jordan Marshall, four-star edge Elias Rudolph. Those are two guys that they had been recruiting for quite some time that Michigan just straight up beat them for. But now Ohio State getting uh, Bryce West and Aaron Scott uh, to commit to them. That is a, a huge, huge uh, loss on the recruiting trail for Steve Klinkscale. Uh, as a uh, cornerback is his primary position, as we all know, is him being the defensive backs coach, uh, uh, co-defensive coordinator. Um, so it, it's it's been a disappointing 24 class so far for him and for the Michigan Wolverines. They've, uh, you know, and not only just with those two guys, but, uh, you know, Jameer Grimsley was a four-star who committed to Alabama. Uh, to Ryan Nichols was a four-star who committed to Kentucky. Four-star Boot Carter. A nickel cornerback committed to Tennessee earlier this summer, and then uh, four-star cornerback Andre Evans ended up committing to LSU earlier this summer as well. So really the big question is uh, what's next for Michigan when it comes to cornerback recruiting in this 24 class now that Aaron Scott and Bryce West and all these other guys have committed elsewhere? I'll... I'll 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 kind of speed up the process here and talk about the transfer portal first, just because this is the the one that's going to take the least amount of time. Um, and I quite frankly don't want to forget that uh that t- uh, part of the conversation. So when it comes to <clears throat> it, recruiting any position, you can always turn to the transfer portal in this day and age of college football, and you can probably come away with one, maybe two guys at the position that you're happy with. So if Michigan goes into the 2024 season and, uh, you know, they're dying for more help at a certain position, turn the transfer portal. That's all you really need to do. There's going to be a ton of guys from group of five conferences. There's going to be a ton of guys from power five conferences. Uh, you already got uh, several highly regarded players in the portal this offseason. Yeah, I could just name off all of them and and they're probably going to be solid contributors for the team this year. So if if cornerback is still a position in need heading into next season, go back to the portal and just go get another one. They got Josh Wallace, a really nice cornerback from Boston College, uh, to commit out of the portal this offseason. And, uh, you know, we'll see how long he ends up staying in Ann Arbor for. But um, yeah, they certainly could go back to the portal next offseason. Wouldn't surprise me one bit. Uh, at the cornerback position or other positions, because they're they're going to continue to hit it hard um, you know, moving forward. Just because they, uh, that's kind of just how you plug in the holes uh, with uh, with your team heading into the new season. As far as positions that you need or positions of strength that you just want some depth for, so that's always an option. You can always turn to. I, I guess this this aspect of things is a little bit more challenging. You can still continue to recruit Aaron Scott, Bryce West, some of these other guys. I wouldn't put a ton of energy or effort into it just because it it seems like, especially with the Ohio kids, they seem pretty set on Ohio State. It's I, I would be baffled if a kid from Ohio 
that has already committed to Ohio State ended up flipping their commitment to Michigan. I would be stunned. So I don't expect Michigan to put a ton of effort in with guys like Aaron Scott, Bryce West. Now, of course, they probably will still stay in contact with them. I think the one that you would be able to potentially flip is Aaron Scott because he grew up as a fan of the Oregon Ducks. He's not like a true Buckeye fan uh, that grew up in Ohio, kind of like what Bryce West. I mean, he grew up in Ohio. He grew up an Ohio State fan. Makes total sense. Aaron Scott, a little bit of a different situation there. He was a fan of the Ducks growing up. Uh, hence why he had Oregon in his top three. So you can still continue to recruit these guys. I just wouldn't, I, I would kind of temper any expectations uh, in, until Michigan, when and or if Michigan uh, beats the living daylights out of Ohio State again and exposes their secondary again, then maybe you kind of get into Aaron Scott's ear a little bit more and say, hey, See what just happened on Saturday? Did you see that we burned their secondary again for the second year in a row? Maybe at that point you can kind of crank up the heat as far as recruiting Aaron Scott goes. But I I do want to bring up a couple guys that uh, it seems like Michigan is dead set on recruiting hard. And they very well could land both of these guys. They picked up crystal balls for both of these prospects over the last couple of days. Let's just start with the one that uh, they picked up the uh, crystal balls for first. And his name is Jeremiah Lowe. He is uh, five foot 11, 170 pounds from Lexington, Kentucky. The rankings, if you're a stargazer, you're going to want to turn this off right now because he's ranked 1,085 Overall, nationally, on the 24-7 sports composite, number 97 at the cornerback position and number nine in the state of Kentucky. But uh, two crystal balls have been placed. One was from Steve Wiltfong, who is the uh, director of football recruiting at 24-7 sports. The other was from Josh Edwards, who is a Kentucky Wildcats insider. That one was put uh, in place on Tuesday, and uh, Steve Wiltfong put his on on Sunday. So they both have confidence levels of six, which is a, uh, a very standard confidence level as far as uh, recruiting crystal balls go. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of the case with Jeremiah Lowe at this point, uh, other than uh, the in-state Kentucky Wildcats. Uh, he has other offers from Boston college, Eastern Kentucky, of course, all, pretty much all the Kentucky schools, uh, Western Michigan, West Virginia, Missouri, Miami, Ohio. So not a huge offer list by any means for Jeremiah Lowe, but uh, it really seems like a guy that Steve Klinkscale has been recruiting for not only for quite some time, but they just started to turn up the heat as far as their recruiting goes for Jeremiah Lowe because he earned his offer from Michigan back on June 10th of 2022. So he's been a, I would say he's been a long time uh, offeree not not so much a long-time target, but a guy that they've been keeping tabs on and that uh, it, it seems pretty inevitable that uh, they very well could get a commitment from Jeremiah Lowe. So uh, he was the first one that got crystal balls for, in favor of Michigan. Uh, the other is, is, this one is a very interesting one in my opinion because this this uh, the crystal balls started flooding in for this kid and uh, certainly a higher ranked guy. 
and uh, a kid that just decommitted from Purdue uh, on Tuesday. His name is Josiah Edmond. He is six foot one, 180 pounds from Napanee, Indiana. Shout out to Napanee. Uh, he is ranked number eight in the state of Indiana, number 65 at the cornerback position, and number 723 overall on 24-7's composite. Uh, he is a three-star prospect as well. Uh, <clears throat> five crystal ball predictions were placed on Tuesday. A couple of them from Michigan insider guys, Bryce Marich and Steve Lorenz. Another one from Josh Edwards, again, the Kentucky insider. Another one from Steve Wiltfong, again, for the director of football recruiting at 24-7. And then Alan True, who is a uh, national recruiting analyst, more so handles the Midwest. Um, he put in a crystal ball for Michigan on Tuesday as well. So this one uh, could be picking up some steam because, like I said, he decommitted from Purdue on Tuesday, and that's when it was like boom, boom, boom. All these crystal balls started coming in for Michigan to land Josiah Edmonds. So this one, uh, at time of recording, he has not committed to Michigan up to this point. Uh, it would be so on brand for for the Blockham Podcast Network and for Maze and Brew if he does commit um before this podcast is uploaded and and posted on the website and everything it would just be so it'd be so on brand but uh nonetheless he is uncommitted at the point of recording and uh, it seems uh, pretty inevitable for him uh that he will commit to the Maize and Blue as well just uh you know reading the reports on uh, the Michigan Insider and on the Wolverine on the on 3 network Really seems like a, a a good pickup if that is the case. Uh, he, uh, you know, when it comes to him as a prospect, you know, you look at the stars again, and it's like, oh man, like you know, seven hundred and twenty three overall. Um, you know, barely a top seventy cornerback in the nation. Uh, he was, you know, committed to Purdue, and you know, Purdue is, you know, not a great school when it comes to recruiting kids uh, on on the football field they do so more so on on the basketball court so like what's what's the deal here why are we settling for uh these these prospects that they weren't going after hard initially well first of all that's just kind of how recruiting goes but when it comes to Edmund I would pump the brakes on any uh, discredit of him as a prospect because he had uh, earned his offer at a camp in Ann Arbor last month, um, uh, or I should say in June. And he really impressed the coaching staff when he camped in Ann Arbor, came away with that offer. He also performed at a camp in Florida. And uh, he, because of that uh, participation and in, in camping in Florida, he earned a spot on the All-American Bowl team following that camp. And this is a, write-up from Andrew Ivins from 24-7 Sports, where he was at that camp and saw uh, Josiah Edmond play. And uh, this is a quote from Andrew Ivins. It says, uh, there wasn't a better-looking defensive back in attendance than Edmond, at least when it came to a height, weight, speed standpoint. Edmond is long and can run. He started his prep career off as a wide receiver, but has got more and more burn at defensive back and while the technique might still be a work in progress the tools are there for him to emerge as a difference maker in the secondary so really sounds like something that Steve Klingscale can work with 
if it's a technique thing that he needs to work on, I would say two things. First of all, that's every prep football player known to mankind. They all need to work on technique stuff. Even the five stars need to work on technique things. That's just how it goes. You don't get college coaching being in high school. You get college coaching being in college and high and uh, pro coaching by being in the pros. So that's just kind of how that goes. But secondly, really sounds like a prospect that Steve Klinkscale would be able to mold into a really nice cornerback at Michigan. If it comes to the development standpoint, I mean, we saw what he did with DJ Turner over the last couple seasons. He was a three-star kid coming out of high school, turned him into a second round NFL draft pick. And you could probably say the same thing about Will Johnson when uh, his time comes. Obviously, he was a five-star kid, but looks like he's well on his way to being a first-round pick in the NFL draft. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it really seems like a kid that Clink Scale could develop nicely and turn into a solid Big Ten performer uh, by the time uh, his career is over in college. So, um, I don't know. I, I, I really seem to like Edmonds, Edmund um, as a prospect, and the more I read up on him and the more that I watch him play on tape, uh, really like what he brings to the table. Um, you know, he had 28 tackles, five picks and a forced fumble as a junior last year. Really nice season. Obviously, uh, you know, these could be some incomplete stats there, but five interceptions, um, you know, as a junior in high school, you take that all day long. So other than Michigan, he's got other offers from Kentucky, Wisconsin, Baylor, Iowa state, a few more in there as well, but those are the main heavy hitters in the power five conferences as it comes to Josiah Edmond and his recruitment. So I think it would be a welcome addition to uh, the maize and blue in this uh, 2024 class. Obviously there is uh, no cornerbacks committed to Michigan's 24 class. So I I guess you could technically say any cornerback uh, commit would be a welcome one at this point, but I really like Edmund as a recruit. And uh, Jeremiah Lowe, I want to see a little bit more out of him. Uh, But uh, if Steve Klingscale likes both of these guys, I'm not going to question it one bit. You kind of just got to trust it with him. uh, Trust that he has the eye for the talent and trust that uh, he can develop these guys to be solid contributors at Michigan. So that's kind of where we're at with... uh, cornerback recruiting in the 24 class obviously Michigan's uh lone defensive back recruit that is committed is still Jacob Odin in this uh 24 cycle the in-state safety out of Harper Woods he has been committed since February have not gained another one since and uh we'll certainly see what happens at uh safety at cornerback as we round out this 24 cycle they're really looking good though and it's still ranked number four overall nationally on the composite. Uh, got a ton of really good players. And uh, I, I'm not upset with this 24 class at all. Really just round out the defensive backs. Maybe get a couple more um, guys, uh, you know, with like, uh, uh, you know, any of these cornerbacks or uh, Patterson, the uh, safety from Florida that, uh, unofficially visited as well for the barbecue. 
Yeah, it, it it could be it could be one of the best, if not the best classes that Jim Harbaugh has had. Uh, it's it's looking really good, and I I'm not going to complain about this class one bit. Seems like they're they've really bonded well, and uh, yeah, I I really really like what this class has potential wise, and really interested to see how things go moving forward with these kids. So really excited to see them hit. Uh, college once uh once uh you know next fall uh it's gonna be fun to watch guys like uh you know Jaden Davis Brady Prescorn Blake Frazier uh legacy kid Jordan Marshall obviously really like Jordan Marshall just a lot of these kids they bring a lot to the table so could be a really fun class but that's all the time we got for today guys thank you so much for listening you can follow me on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it, at Vaughn underscore Lozon. Follow Fans First Sports Network at Fans First SN. And uh, give Maze and Brew a follow as well at Maze and Brew. Pumping out recruiting content there, left and right. Would appreciate uh, your readership. Certainly appreciate your listenership on the podcast. So uh, we will be back next week. Uh, hopefully Tyler can join me. But uh, we'll certainly have more recruiting news to talk about, I would anticipate. So until then, uh, have a great week, everybody. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next week on Future Blue.